there, Compassion. Uh, thanks for joining us for another Conversations of Compassion. I'm here with Pastor Mike, and uh, we're going to talk about James. Um, we started a new sermon series this past Sunday on the book of James, and uh, we're going to do a Pastor's React to Pastor's sermon. <laughs> no, we're going to go back and kind of um, revisit what Stephen talked about on mm-hmm. Sunday and uh, maybe take a look ahead at, at where we're going to talk about this coming Sunday. Um, so we're in the book That's of James. That's great. Yep. So it'll be like a little recap, yep. but then a launch into the next week. Sounds great. Um, might as well start where, where Stephen left off Sunday. He read James chapter one. He read the whole chapter, um, but he kind of focused in the message on Sunday just on that first verse. And so maybe we can take a second just to recap and all collect where we were in order to lean into this next week. Yeah. Uh, so I'm reading from the ESV and he says, uh, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the 12 tribes in the dispersion, greetings. So we talked a lot this past Sunday about the nature of that greeting and how James is describing himself Mm -hmm. as a servant, that Greek word doulos, meaning slave. Um, I don't have any ownership rights of my own. And so I'm a servant, I'm a slave to God and more specifically to the Lord Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. He calls Jesus his Lord. And uh, I think there was was some conversation about how, how James could have possibly gotten to that point to say, Jesus is my Lord. He's my brother. I grew up with him like yeah. in, in the house in Bethlehem and, um, in Nazareth. And I now see him as my Lord. That was one of the, the things that stuck out to me was, you know, um, I have a brother mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, there's, there's some sibling rivalry there. So I, for James to say, Hey, I'm a servant of my brother. Mm-hmm. Not just ser- we, we say, yeah, servant. We yes, slave, right? I'm a slave. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think that's worth noting there. Yeah, siblings, right there. Just that dynamic, right? <laughs> right. Could you imagine growing up with a perfect sibling? <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not fair for James no, really to be Jesus' brother. But yeah, now I think we can talk, maybe talk a little bit about that, how you get there, how you get to a place of making Jesus your Lord. And Stephen talked a little bit about lordship and what that means. Yeah. I think uh, maybe the word we can press in is just the, that word surrender. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it mean to surrender my life? Uh, not, not till I die, but to my whole being, all that I am, I'm surrendering it to Jesus. And James did that. He called him his Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, so how do we enter into that kind of life of surrender? So maybe we can just tease out a little bit some of the things that prevent us from living that kind of life. And this is the life that James is putting on full display through the whole rest of the book of James. It's this is what it looks like to live in full surrender to the Lord Jesus Christ. And unless you make that move, the rest of James really reads kind of harsh and mm, yeah. there's some hard things in it. And the very next verse is a hard, is a hard thing. And we'll yeah. get to that. Okay. Um, but I feel like that first thing, that surrender piece where my life doesn't belong to me, it belongs to Jesus. Jesus, I belong. I don't belong to myself. I don't make my own life. How do you get there? And maybe what is the practice of getting there? Um, and can you live there forever? <laughs> like, how do you, 
I think uh, my my own surrender has a shelf life. Like I, <laughs> I surrender, you know, for a little bit. <laughs> it's isn't it a yes and? Like, yeah. All right, I surrender. I surrender again. Mm-hmm. And it's not like you wake up and you have to choose mm-hmm. almost every every day to mm-hmm. surrender. Um, I mean, I was hoping you'd answer that question. No, I, I mean, the only thing I think in a conversation, it's just good to be honest. If I'm thinking through all the, t- all the moments that Jesus has asked specific surrender of me, if there's any coaching, I would say like surrender is always specific. Um, mm. I can say to my, I can say, I give you my whole life. And in some ways that's a little easier to say than I give you this, um, the thing that I'm holding on, yeah. whatever this is, um, it's easier for me sometimes to say, it's almost like in the same way of saying, Oh, I love humans. Like I oh, love yeah. people. Great. What about that that's person? Yeah. yeah that, oh, well that's hard. You know, they're kind of a mess and I, you know, it's yeah. harder when you get to the specific. So surrender where it has teeth in my life anyway, is when it is specific. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know you've surrendered your life to me. How about that? How about that thing? And that's when it's like every time it feels like death. Yeah. Every time. I've never, I've, I've talking to someone recently about this. I've never been asked to surrender something that it didn't feel like dying to me. It always has felt like dying. And even though like I'm, I'm not completely practiced, but I'm fairly practiced at surrendering when God asks for something and um, letting him have access to my life. And every time it feels like death, even though I have a whole history of moments where God's come through for me and surrender has actually been freedom and like life and it to the full, like surrender has been the pathway to the best things in my life. And yet. Yeah. I think for me, I can, I can tell you a few things that prevent surrender. Mm -hmm. Um, And surprise, I'm going to go back to Genesis. Yeah. (laughs) You know me, that's, yeah, that's where I live a lot. But for me, shame uh, mm-hmm. often prevents surrender. Um, I'm scared of bearing everything. Mm. I'm scared that if I give up, if I bring that into the light, then I will be treated or I will be isolated or I'll be cast away. Um, and so I think for me, it's a trust issue. Do I really trust that God is good and has my, mm-hmm. um, you know, wants to give good gifts to his son. And so for, surrender for me is like, do I trust that God is good? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a battle of the fear of like, I don't want to be, I don't want to show people or I don't want to confess that because mm-hmm. that'll make me look bad. <laughs> Right. I I think that's beautiful. That's the big thing, right? I think that's the big reason we don't surrender is we don't trust. Mm, I don't trust him. Trust issue, yeah. And um, I think I can do better with my life than he can. And by better, I mean like safer and protect and prevent. I can, yeah. I can plan it and control it. Yeah. And I know the outcomes. Um, and then when he asked for surrender, I'm like, I don't, I don't know that you're going to be as careful with my yeah. life as I would be with my life. Do you see how life. carefully I've built this yeah. image of protection? Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so then it's he, a trust thing. It is. So maybe a, 
a way that James got from brother to Lord is he learned to trust. So how do you learn to trust? I feel like it's practice, number sure, one. Like yeah. you you practice again and again and again as he's asking for surrender, which I think in his grace, it's why he asks for like piece by piece and saying this. Now, how about this? Now, how about that? And it goes deeper and deeper and deeper into my life until I'm surrendering some huge things that there's no way and I would ever have the trust to surrender had I not started with littler things yeah. that he's asked me to surrender. Yeah. And so you have this, almost this journey of surrender that our good father takes us on to say, you can trust me. Mm-hmm. You can trust me. Yeah. You can trust me. And um, the more we practice it, the more he comes through for us and the more, not easier, like I said, it always feels like death. Yeah. But um, I feel like the, the more I'm invited into a life of surrender and the more I trust that he's good. Um, so I think that's a good just practice yeah. of surrender. The other thing I think um, that little key is um, seeing him for who he is, seeing his goodness mm-hmm. um, and then maybe even the role of testimony and yeah, that's huge. hearing other people's stories of surrender, specific surrender and how God came through for them and remembering the goodness of God. Uh, if trust is one of the reasons I hold on to my own life, then I have to practice trusting God. But then it's easier to practice trusting God when I hear all these stories of how he's come through and what he has done. And I remember the things he's done and I see his goodness and I see all the promises that he has for me. And I remember that he's loving and he's compassionate and he's slow to anger and he's rich in love. And like, he's the God in Genesis that created all this Mm -hmm. and, and knew when enough was enough and to breathe life. Like he's like the maker of everything and holds it all together all the time. He's trustworthy. And so it helps me trust when I remember his trustworthiness. And isn't that what we do on Sunday mornings? Mm-hmm. We come and we practice that mm-hmm. life abundant. And um, just a quick story. Mm-hmm. Um, I can remember vividly um, early in my college life, the Lord captured my heart and led me forward to confess some sin to uh, one of the leaders on the dorm, and I, I was terrified. Hmm. And because I was about to bear my soul to another human being, I remember confessing that sin to that that person, and they looked at me, gave me a big hug, and said, welcome home. And it was like at that moment, all of that fear was just destroyed. Like it just dissolved. Mm. It's like, yeah, mm. you're home. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's what we do. Mm-hmm. We confess to one another and we, we practice surrender together. Mm-hmm. I think that's the power of um, community surrendering together. Yeah. And isn't that the power of what we do on Sunday mornings? I think it's we good. practice that together. Yep. And um, maybe we could even invite space for testimony hmm. uh, when you're with each other um, to share stories of surrender uh, maybe even in the comments, if you're like, man, I've got a, a paragraph long story of when God invited me to surrender and I did, and he came through for me in some like miraculous way. I threw myself into God's hands and he caught me. 
Yeah. Um, the more stories we tell about that, it helps us surrender better. It helps us get to that posture of, I am a servant, a slave of God the Father and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I've learned to surrender. I've learned that my life doesn't belong to me. It belongs to him. And it's way better in his hands than it is in my hands. And uh, I think anything you just want to add before you lean in? No, I, I was just going to say, maybe that's a good good point to move on of, of saying, if I am a slave to God, mm-hmm. if I'm fully surrendered to God, then verse 2 is possible. Because yeah. <laughs> verse 2 is ridiculous. Go ahead my and read goodness. it. Right. <laughs> Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Hmm. Consider it joy whenever you face trials. Man, that's tough. It is. We see stories of it. I mean, not see stories. We, we see pictures of it in the gospel, you yeah. know, when the dis- disciples are arrested or in prison and they're singing in jail, like it's like, or when they get flogged and they go back and report to the church, we were considered worthy of yeah. being persecuted yeah. for Jesus. And they're joyful about it. It's like, how in the world? That's hard. Do you get there? And I feel like that is a natural outflow of my life doesn't belong to me and he's my Lord. And so he's, I'm going to glorify him in everything that happens, no matter what. And I know that he's up to something in my life. I, I have, I trust him. So I have entrusted my life to him. And so everything that happens in my life, I'm trusting that he's making something out of it, Yeah. that he's turning bad things into good things. Um, that's how I said that. That's kind of what he says, kind of pure joy for, you know, uh, that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect. Um, that's from the ESV version. I think NIV was like, that you may be complete, um, something like that. Um, God's up to something in your life, making something out of it. And we can consider trials joy because we know that in those trials, God is at work making something out of our lives. That Romans 8, like he's considerate pure joy for I know that God works together all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. He's at work in your life because you've entrusted your life to him. Yeah, and I feel like maybe culturally um, we try and stray away from, or we try and stay away from, from anything that's uncomfortable. Right? Mm. We try and create lives that are, um, you know, take the easy road, the path of least resistance. Right. Or we think that if, I don't know, bear with me. Go ahead. It's almost like if the, the littlest bad thing happens to happen to us, we think we're the biggest martyr. Yeah. And it's like sure. the, the worst thing that happened. I, I had a really bad time. Like I just my laundry got ink in it and boy, God is just against me and the universe is against me and I'm living, I'm not saying it's good to have ink in your laundry. That's terrible, terrible thing. Um, But at the same time, we take these 
normal everyday things that happen. Sure. Uh, yeah. And we're so accustomed to being well fed and and full and provided for and have a house over our that we're so accustomed to comfort that anything uncomfortable feels like just Rock terrible, yeah. just the worst thing ever. Um, so we hear stories of uh, people singing in prison after being flogged, and we're like, how in the world do you get there? Um, when I feel like if we, if we come to the understanding that my life isn't my own and that I can live into every moment as though God's working in every moment. And I don't, I want to be clear. God doesn't give bad things. God didn't open the ink pen in your laundry. I'm not saying that I'm saying everything can be worked together for good. Like everything in your life, God is at work in and you can trust him. Every moment is an opportunity. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Every moment's an opportunity. And so that shift of looking for the bad things that happened, um, because they're glaring to us. I start, instead of practicing that, I start looking for God's work in the midst of it. Even if it's in me, like making me more dependent on him, that's a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, making me more humble, that's a good thing. Like the, the things that he's at work, I start to pay attention to that instead of paying attention to the, the bad things. It's a shift in focus. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, my uh I remember a conversation I had with with my dad. Mm. Um we were hiking in the mountains and um for those that don't know, my dad was diagnosed with leukemia a while ago and and he he died about uh, two and a half years ago now. Um I remember this conversation with him and we were referencing James talking about his his mindset through the cancer and, um, you know, how he was approaching that. And, and we agreed, you know, we don't, we don't believe that God like sent cancer to him, but what we were talking about is, is the gift of that trial. And we were working it, it out and, and he was, he was kind of struggling with that of, you know, what, what his place was in it. And, um, but he was talking about this, this passage here and, and, how if we live a surrendered life to Jesus, then those moments in our life can become a gift. Um, so he, mm. it was weird to hear him talk about the gift of cancer because it to mm. me it, I still, I still struggle with that. Of, of you know, my dad's gone. Right, you lost him to that. Lost gift. him to that. Right. Yeah, and and so what am I to do? Um, it's hard to see the positives, but you know, I can, I can live on the legacy of a dad who was in the word Mm -hmm. and surrendered his life. That was full of cancer to God. Right. Um, and I think in some mysterious way, those type of, or those trials can really, um, like James says, produce perseverance. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't like it, (laughs) but there's, there's also a, a trust in Jesus walking with us through those. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a big thing too of, of what my dad and I were talking about is, you know, God doesn't just send you some, or, you know, cancer didn't just come for him. And um, God's like, okay, what are you going to do? It's, it's like, let's walk together through this. And I think that's the life of surrender with Jesus as well is um, it's walking together towards a kingdom. 
It's walking together towards a hope in a new creation. It's walking together in, in the the hope of resurrection someday where we're all going to be together again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know, maybe that's the, the gift of, of seeing, seeing life uh, through Jesus eyes, which is through this world into the kingdom. Um, and I think that's a kingdom that's someday, but also right now. Um, so I don't know. It's great. Some of the, emotional um because we all have trials we can make light of like little trials we face but i don't want to belittle big big things that we go through that are awful Mm -hmm. horrible and um to look at those things and have confidence that god is at work even in that and those kingdom things that are coming they're starting to be formed in me now yeah through this trial yeah and in that way, I consider it pure joy whenever I face trials of many kinds. And, and I think that's maybe to circle back a little bit. That's the power of testimony, right? Of there, there are times when I need you to say, hey, <laughs> mm. the kingdom of God is here. Because there are times when it, I, you know, I hate cancer. Mm. You know, there are times when I just want to see my dad again. And in those times when, when you can come by or, or when somebody says, you know, not quoting this first, but somebody who sits next to you and says, hey, God is good. You know, let's let's walk together. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't need you to quote James 1 verse right. 2. And, right. and the, right. I don't know. It's, it's a fine line. But when we can come together and, and share stories together of, of perseverance, I think it builds builds us up. Mm-hmm. So it's great. So it's the beginning of it. There's, there's way, more way more to say about this. It's just the beginning of the conversation and uh, Stephen will enter into it on Sunday and we want to invite you to enter into the same conversation. Um, we've said Sunday that we're going to be studying James and study with us. Um, there's things that maybe we said here that you're like, man, that's how I, I disagree that's great. Let's have the conversation yeah. about James. That's yeah. awesome. Um, and then we can, as a community, explore the scriptures together. And uh, we've just kind of lobbed the ball up. And so we, as a community, we'll now take it and uh, have that conversation that will continue. And you're invited to be a part of it. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for the scriptures. We don't take it for granted that we can uh, open a phone or open a book that most of us have and, uh, and read through it. There's wisdom and life. And uh, we pray as we study through James that you would be lifted up, that it wouldn't be a, an exercise in just knowing words on a page. It would be an exercise in knowing our risen Christ, uh, the resurrected Jesus. In your name we pray. Amen. Amen. See you Sunday. Amen.